If you like the podcast, please like and share it, as the more who listen, the more it helps. Now back to the podcast. Okay, we're back. Episode whatever. This is Simply Complex. Today, our person we're going to interview is my co-host, official Kareem. And uh, we're going to kind of get straight into it. Madge is the co-host today for the Bye-bye second time. Uh, popular demand. Popular demand. <laughs> <Shout out> Nazo. <laughs> Not sure about who, uh, who, who actually asked for you, but <laughs> we needed somebody. <laughs> so <laughs> let's kind of get, get straight into this story of Kareem. Um, there's going to be, it's going to, like, from what I know, we've kind of known each other for a long period of time, but not too deep. No. Not too deep. So Kareem's like effectively my bob. Yeah. <laughs> but then we, our kind of relationship grew from that. You're uh, my friend now, yeah? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I say friend, but I'm not sure how I feel about him. <laughs> but, um, yeah, can I introduce yourself? Where are you from? How old are you? All, all that kind of right, basic good so stuff. The basics. I'm 25 years old. Yeah. Um, I'm from Iraq. I was born in Baghdad. Um, I came to the UK around the age of 9, 10. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've cut hair for a living. So I do Jed's hair. But these are just the basics, you know. Yeah. So what would you categorize yourself as? Like a barber? I am a barber, yeah. yeah. How long have you been cutting hair for? I've been cutting hair for 10 years now. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> How's it going for you? You know what? I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's not something that my parents wanted me to get into, you know, they wanted me to go down the educational route. So we don't have any barbers in the family. It's something completely different yeah. that I just fell into. Yeah. Okay. Well, kind of the first thing that came to me when you kind of introduced yourself is you were born in Iraq, yeah. in Baghdad. Yeah. How, firstly, why did you come to England? How did you get here? And what's that kind of it? And how old were you when you, when you came? If I'm being totally honest, the reason why we came, um, a lot of different reasons. Politics is a big part of it, but I think one of, one of the other main reasons is that it's just a better life, you know, we come from an unstable country and um, my dad left Iraq before we did and he sponsored us to basically uh, come after him and um, we sort of just spent a good year and a half travelling um, that's when I was around Seven, yeah. seven, eight. Um, we, I, we didn't know what was going on. We weren't told by our mum and dad what was happening because they were unsure. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. It wasn't exactly like a straightforward path yeah. um, that everyone takes. There was a lot of things that had that the that was, you know, going on in the background. Yeah. Um, the uncertainty was. Wait, so how old were you then? Yeah, point. so back back then I was about you know eight, seven, eight when we were okay. traveling. So, yeah. Where sorry, and you tra- whereabouts? We so traveled from Iraq yeah. to Syria, yeah. and then we were flying to right, the UK. But it was it was waiting for everything to to get accepted, right, right, right. to go through. Mm. Um, obviously, there's a process for for things like that. Yeah. Um, Dad came here first. He spent about two years in so the UK, yeah. Manchester. And he obviously worked, did what he had to do, mm. and brought us over. Mm. Okay. And 
how like how many how did you feel in this situation? Because you're already displaced immediately at a young age. Could you speak English? No. What was <laughs> no, I couldn't I couldn't speak no. a word of English. When I first came it was it was very strange. It's difficult to put it in words, but for you to imagine what I was going through, it was like you're, you're, you're so young, you don't have a great understanding of life at all, yeah. and now you're, you're going through this major transition, and you can't actually interpret what's going on, or you can't break it down. Yeah. And my parents were sort of in a similar mind frame in the sense that they didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of like, just accept it. Yeah, just yeah. hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we did, you know, we didn't complain that we, we didn't... Go with the flow effectively. Yeah, we didn't complain that we didn't have like, let's say, regular school or social time or, you know, like the thing that you would have at that age, it was an issue. You get a calm, like an everyday routine effect. So, um, you know, I'm trying to, were your mum and dad sheltering you from, from sort of like the, what was going on and why it was happening in a way, like were you... They, they did their best as parents, I mean, they always comforted us, they um, always tried to keep us entertained, make us laugh, create memories, mm. um, and that, that is what gave us the strength yeah. at the time to go through this the journey mm. that we were in, but it was, it wasn't as difficult as it sounds. Yeah, it, it was, was sound normal. Like, yeah, 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 it was something normal. Yeah. Yeah. People that come from that part of the world will understand that, you know, because you had such a, let's say, a poor quality of life, when, when you are moving, because you have this expectation of what you're gonna get yeah. for you, you I'm having reservations. Yeah, yeah, it's just a compromise. Yeah. 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 Okay. And for you, like you're young, you're how do you deal with this situation? I know you at face value you said you don't really expect, but still you're losing your friends, you're losing your life, you're not losing it, you're changing. Yeah, but how do you kind of day by day go with that? It's a big transition from from the middle yeah, east. If I was to answer it now, it's different to how I'd answer it back then. So if you want, if you're asking the kid that was at the age of eight or nine at yeah, the time, yeah. it didn't go through anything. It's just a child, you know. But like some people take different things in different ways. Some people, some. I don't know. For, for for me, it it wasn't a big deal. It was. It wasn't a big deal. It was just the start of life, and this this was my life. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. That's like already very interesting. Did, did you have any family in the UK when? When you guys came Except your dad. Yeah. His uh, brother. Okay. So you're okay. my cousins. Okay, so there's yeah. some form of base level. There, there was something, yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, I mean the, the, they're more than just family. So it, it was more about the quality of what we had rather than the quantity. Mm -hmm. You know, we saw a little, but, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, talking about that, do you have any brothers, sisters? Yeah, I've, got three, I've got three brothers. Older, younger? Uh, one elder, two younger. Fair. And in were they going through the same thing as you, or were you? Did you kind of start to create a support network 
of each other's help. Yeah, so my youngest brother was actually born in Manchester. Oh, was he? Yeah, he was born here. Okay. He was born in 2004. So when oh. we were moving, there was the three of us at the time. Yeah. Um, so he never had that idea? He, no, 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 he didn't go, he didn't go yeah. through that. But it, it was the three of us. And we were, I think because we were boys, it might have made it easier the fact that, you know, we could sort of stuff it up. Enjoy it and always, you know, see the funny side to it and have a laugh and just like, you know, boys yeah. being boys. Yeah. We always kept each other entertained. I think if I, if I was the only child or if there was two of us, maybe it would have made it a bit more difficult. Yeah. But I think having siblings does play a big And role. like like now in my head you've can't come to England what was the next steps of your life? Like, like you had no friends, you had no regular routine, like a nine-year-old. Mm. You have normal routines, you wake up, you go to school, you come home, you eat, you try and mess around, then you go to sleep, yeah. and you repeat for the next yeah, yeah. 12 years of your life. What was it like for you? When, when we first started to settle, that's what you want to know. Like when I started yeah, settling, yeah, yeah. how was it moving forward? I remember getting into school when I get into, um, into year six but it was it was very strange because when you go into school you start from the beginning yeah. and then you progress and you learn language, social skills, you build a network of friends and all that together combined yeah. Makes you who you are and makes the whole yeah. journey. So it gives you the pieces. Easier, right? Mm-hmm. But when you just come and then you're near the finish line, mm-hmm. it's like the inevitable is going to happen. Yeah. You are going to mess up in some ways. Yeah. And my, my first experience in school was, and this was on my first day. Yeah. I was in class and we sat on the carpets yeah. at the time. The teacher was talking about God knows what. Yeah. I didn't have a clue. Like when I say I didn't know a word of English, I mean down to yes or no. I didn't know anything. Wow. Wow. Okay. okay, so I couldn't speak it or listen to anyone. I couldn't understand. <laughs> and I needed to. I needed to pee. I needed to go to the toilet. So I'm sat on the carpet. I don't know my way around the school. <laughs> yeah. I can't I'll be like, I know where this is going. Right? <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? Don't say it. Don't say it. If it's what left, does all the time. And I come from, you know, I come like the way we've been brought up. You guys know yourself. We we're very, very, very well disciplined when it comes to behaviour. When it comes to respecting your elders. Yeah. Um, we're not the type to. Storm out and go do whatever you want. You you have authority and you acknowledge the authority. So when I'm sat there, I'm sat there as a child that's dying, dying to hold <laughs> in. But at the same time, I look around in it. You know, <laughs> put, yourself, put yourself in my position. What would you do? I was honestly in school. What would you do? And I was holding, it, holding, it, and I held it for a while. A good few hours, <coughs> and as soon as I walked out. And I see my mum in the playground picking us up at the end of the day. I could feel it. <laughs> I could feel that I burst into tears. <laughs> I burst into tears, and that was like 
That was one way to get the girls at school. <laughs> that is when I first <laughs> that this is a challenge. <laughs> you can't even put your hand up to ask because of the toilet. No, 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 it's no, going to be a tough totally transition. Totally I mean, how is that story? I can't express myself. Like how, uh, how in actual reality as a kid being in that, in that position, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course it is, of course it is. You can't speak, you can't do anything, you're taught to be obedient and good good little lads, yeah. but... Which school were you in? The toilet? Which primary school? Old Moat Primary School. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. we're just... Like, it's funny, him now telling a story, but as a kid, like, bro, that is difficult. Yeah, of course it is. That's really difficult, course. like... But my life got bad. Excuse <laughs> 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 me, that to, like right now, we we don't want to talk about that anymore. Don't <laughs> make this whole podcast. That's no, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, just going back to that idea of that was traumatic. But how did you kind of start? Firstly, learning English. How was that? But also developing into this UK society, UK world. So the Manchester world, especially. From, from that point, obviously, I broke into tears and my mum just sort of laughed it off and she made me feel better, she comforted me and, you know, told me that things will get better. But then, from then into getting to high school, yeah. into Burnage High, it was all boys, that made it very difficult because when you go to a school which is boys only, uh, not boys only, I think single sex schools in general, you get a lot of um, sort of bullying and you know, people, it, it's not even, it's not even like, it's always intentional bullying, it's yeah. just banter, yeah. which can be bullying, yeah. um, and it was difficult, you know, you, you can't, if, if you can't express yourself, you can't defend yourself, mm. and um, depending on how long it goes for, it can really affect you, but I, I didn't want to speak, yeah. I, I wanted to learn, I was literally getting newspapers, getting books, I was getting anything that had English on it, I was just literally reading it and writing it, just copying it at home. Okay. I used to like, I, I'm, I'm, I used to spend hours okay. at home. And what, just to kind of go back, you didn't use to speak because you weren't confident or did you not? I, just, I didn't want anyone to make a fool out of me and at the same time, you know, I wasn't confident enough to to go to speak or have a conversation. Yeah. My elder brother was the complete opposite. Yeah. He will speak gibberish, but he's not bothered. You can laugh in his face. He will speak and speak and mm. speak until he learns through trial and error. Okay. I didn't want that. Fair. You want to get it right first time. I wanted to get it right straight away. And it's only where he's a year above me. Well, he's like a year and a half yeah. older than me, so it wasn't much of a gap, and we were quite close. Yeah. And we spent, I spent two and a half years in that school with my older brother, so it was good. Like, if I didn't have my older brother supporting me yeah. through the beginning of high school, I generally can't imagine what that experience would have turned out to be. Yeah. I would have managed regardless, but it, it just made it a lot easier. It would have made it much more difficult if he wasn't present. Because was yeah. uh, there was a lot of times where he had to step up and like, you know, defend me and that meant that people will back off or they wouldn't 
sort of. So you're using easy target? No, no, I wasn't saying that. They, they, they were, when you're two brothers, it's a lot easier when you're on your own. Like, I remember in school, when I was in primary school, I told you about the time when I was on the carpet. <sighs> Moving a few years later, there was one guy that was just picking on me. Like, from the, I remember from the first day at Burnage High School, all the way through, this guy was just picking on me and I just didn't want anything to do with him. I didn't want to sort of retaliate, didn't want to get into a fight, didn't want to get into a confrontation. I'm, I'm not a confrontational person anyway. Yeah. But this guy, I think he was preying on the fact <laughs> that I'm not going to defend myself. So he could just free, free away. Yeah, and do what and it continued and go speak to family. I got the usual advice. You're the bigger person, ignore them. Exactly. It's not practical. Sticks and stones. Especially when you're in a school, which yeah. is like a prison, yeah. operates like a prison, that doesn't work. Mm. You need to let them know there and then. But I can't, like, this guy, he was one of the best at football. He was, you know, in the boxing gyms. He, he was he was that, that guy that everyone used to look up to. And then there was me. The joke. Of it. And there was no one that was going to stand up for me. And the day came when I lost it. I thought, you know what? I'm prepared to go down. Yeah. But I want to go down and make a statement yeah. that I'm not going to have it. Okay, so we played, the, the lads were playing football on the school field. I went up to him and everyone was surprised, like, what is this guy doing? There was a crowd all of a sudden. I grabbed him, tied his tie around my hand yeah. so that I can't let go of him. Yeah. He can't get off me and I just started swinging for him. Oh, all right. okay. He's swinging back for me. He's gone down, I go down with him because You're older, now it's even more tight on my hand and punching him, punching him, punching him. And it's all because of what's been going on, the, the bully. We end up in the head teacher's office yeah. an hour later. Now, we're both sat, the head teacher's going crazy, he's going ballistic, shouting, yeah. screaming. And he obviously heard his version of events. He managed to have his say. I don't have a clue what he said. Yeah. And the head teacher asked me, Kareem, is that true? I didn't, I didn't really understand much of what he said, other than like, you know, there were just one or two things that I understood, but I just said, yeah. Yeah. Not knowing that, I just accepted that everything that this guy just accused me of. <laughs> and again, I get into trouble, I'm confused. Why am I in trouble? I didn't do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm just defending myself. This guy literally has been bullying me in the past two years, and now that I've retaliated, mm -hmm. defending myself, I'm in trouble, so we, we brought a family friend in who came, had a conversation with the head teacher, and then there was now communication. Yeah. And when, when I seen there was communication and there was a shift, I was, I was to blame, and I'm like, that's been retracted, and there's a change now. That made me understand for the first time, as a young child, the importance of communicating. Yeah. And the power of communicating. And how old were you here? I was around 12. Okay, so you okay. were here. 
um, which was crucial is considering what you go into mm -hmm. from the age of you know 13, 14, 15 and you know your early teens. Yeah. So we after that there was nothing really interesting happened in school. I ended up uh, moving to another school round the corner, Parswood. Yeah, yeah. District. Sure. Um, that was a big change. Mm. Like as hard as year six, as hard as Burnish High School was in the beginning, Parswood was difficult because not only I'm having to shift again. Yeah. But now. I'm around the opposite sex, which I'm, I've never been exposed to other than family. Yeah. Okay, so our social structure is very different. And how old were you when you switched schools? When I switched schools, I was 13, okay. late 13. Right, so he's developing into them years where actually girls, married to guys, mm. whatever, the opposite sex. New experience. Everything's amplified as well. It was. Because yeah. it starts to, you start to look at, I don't know, the sex you're interested in, in another light, where it's not just, a platonically, I will be friends. Mm. You look at them as actually... There's more pressure to... There's more pressure. In way as you go through puberty and yeah. those kind of things. Not, not for me, because... I don't know what's going on. Yeah when it comes to like the social circle of my friends and the people in my school I don't know what's going on because don't forget that even though we're the same age or we're in the same class I come from a different world true so mentally like I'm in my own mm. sort of cloud yeah we're in the same place but we're not at the same time true so when I started I was the centre of attention for the first few weeks being the new guy because I was in year 9 at the time so I'm the new guy become the centre of attention which means you get obviously the benefits of it but you also get the negatives Yeah. people want to get to know you and if people have any bad impression on you, they want to test you as well. They want to test you as well. And I did end up getting into a few fights, but they didn't mean anything. Yeah. At the time they did. But on the grand scheme of things, they didn't mean anything. It's just when you're in high school, like some of the people that I've um, got into fights with, I'm friends with now. Mm. Yeah. And you know, we, we've got each other's like lives, bigger, so yeah. it, it was literally just, you know, kids being kids. Mm. Yeah. But I started to make a lot of progress academically. Nice. My parents got me into private tuition and attended any after school clubs. You know, you stay behind at school and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. spend an extra half an hour, hour. Um, can continue to do what I was doing at home, you know, if I found any book, yeah, I'll just copy it. Like, it, it didn't matter what the content was. Mm. Yeah. I just wanted to improve my mm. Just keep building yourself. Because of where we come from and, you know, the... My parents had very, very high expectations, very high hopes and they wanted to make sure that 
I take a route that is in my best interest yeah. in their eyes. So they they were quite pushy for me to pick anything in the medical field. And at the time, it was something that I really wanted. Okay. Because where I'm from, if you're anyone with that status, then... You're a dog. Yeah. Like, you know, you, when it comes to work, work, we all know that you're always going to have a good job. Yeah. And there are always jobs available. But then, what's also really important to them is that when you come to find your, your lifetime partner, when you're looking for marriage or whatever, again, that is one of the criteria. Who you are as a person doesn't matter. What your, your resume does. Mm. So because I had that mentality, that's exactly what I was, that, that was the direction. So you I were think. thinking like, I want to be a box ticker? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it was working for some time. It, it was until year 10. Year 10, how old? End of year 10, so like 40, 40 turned to 15. Okay. Because I'm born in July, so I was one of the youngest in my year. Mm. It all changed when I made the intention of starting to work. Yeah. And that happened because I used to go to the barbers typically twice a week. So every Sunday, let's say I get a haircut, on Wednesday I'll go just get a shape up if I needed one. It was meaningless. It was so meaningless, but but it's just I something didn't you do anything. Yeah, like, you something. know, it's always at home, so it was just an excuse to get out of the house. Yeah. But the barber who I used to go to, he was one of those dons. Like, even though you're only a little kid and you're a fully grown man, the way they speak to you. Have a laugh with you. Gets rid of the age. Connection. Yes. He gets rid of the age. Yeah. That's what he gets rid of the age and there's a connection. Yeah. Like you both said. And I didn't get that as much of like when someone that you look up to, I'm not saying he was my role model in life, but I looked up to him in the sense that he was a barber, he, he was older, and you know, he had his own business. Mm. It meant something to me that I was getting that. Yeah. So that drew me to yeah. a little bit. And I, I, recall, I remember one time he said to me, he goes, Do you know what, you come to the shop that much, you might as well become a barber. Yeah. Now, he was only joking. <laughs> I didn't take it as a joke. <laughs> he took it seriously. <laughs> I didn't take it as a joke. <laughs> and already my mind just drifted away from having all these thoughts now. Yeah. Like, I've pictured myself five years later. Yeah. And if I'm honest with you, even though I said to you before I was a box ticker and I had my vision on becoming... Yeah, you're so, so focused. But yeah. I was focused, but that was about it. For the first time, I'm not just focused, but I'm looking way ahead. I'm getting excited here, I'm getting carried away. Yeah. I'm pushing everything yeah. and I've never ever felt like that and like I'm sure a lot of you have been into like you've been in a certain point in life where you can relate to 
what I'm feeling right now where you, you just you feel that energy within you. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and you know you know what you're capable of. You know you're capable of doing it and that's it. Like you know yeah, you're gonna get it. You fully set your mind to it, you're just like that's my thing. So I've gone home and got on the laptop. Yeah. I didn't even have a shower after the haircut. Just get on the laptop, <laughs> sat in there straight to it. And I go on YouTube and I search how to cut hair. That was literally that's all I searched. Click on the first video that I see. Didn't read the title, didn't read it. Just, just seen a picture of a man cutting hair, clicked on it. Before I knew it, I spent about four hours watching it. Just go from one video to another. Like, wow, that's real dedication. To mm. watch and, it and bear in mind, I, I only realised how long I was on it when my lap was burning from how hot the laptop was getting. <laughs> <laughs> now this... So you were talking so then, you know, My pants are now glued to my skin. I thought, you know what, okay, I need to close it. <laughs> Went to school the next day. And I'm literally, like, looking at everyone's hair. Disney's fixing that. <laughs> <laughs> so and, and, and honestly, like that that was my thought for every day. Like I'm just I'm finding flaws. It's like when you're obsessed, you're looking. Well, I wasn't yeah. looking though. I wasn't looking. That that, that was I don't know what to call it issue or well, I'll tell you, I'm the same <laughs> thing. I always look at people's feet while training. I wasn't them. looking, you just <laughs> it just jumps out. Like, you, you, you just want to see it. And this this continued. It carried on. Mm. That that became like my life for the next few months. But bear in mind, I had like some of my GCSEs at the time. Mm. We were being in year ten, and year ten, year eleven. If you if you're not from the UK, and you don't know. It is one of the most crucial years because you do your GCSEs, which will determine whether you go to college or whether you get. You know, a good old race yeah. to get into a good college and whether you want to go into university and pursue education. Yeah, that's when the years start actually mattering on what grade you Exactly, go. exactly. Um, but, mate, that went out the window. Like, I was already thinking of how I'm going to tackle that. Yeah. Because when I say tackle that, I mean. What tackle exams? How, how could I overcome what I want to do? without disappointing my okay. parents immediately yeah. or even if like I was trying to find a way where I can make sure that I maintain both the world and both yeah. because that still meant something like this has been in my head from a very young age and this is how our culture is yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's hard to get rid of that mentality just because I found a, a replacement yeah. A temporary replacement. Thank you. So, as like time went on, when I say time went on, I'm talking about weeks, not, not a very long period. I felt much more confident from watching the videos. I've been going to the barbers, built even more of a relationship with him, and I, I just suggested to him, I said, look, yeah. You operate, you know, the three of you, and you're very busy. You don't have a cleaner here, you don't have anyone that will keep on top of the shop for you. What I could do is I could come in, I could sweep up for you, clean the mirrors, 
clean the windows and do what I really need me to do as like an old apprentice and you don't need to pay me anything. That's some Mr. Miyagi stuff, mm. like already. Right. Now, even if I asked for money, this guy would have said yeah. Like he was just one of those. But you just want you just wanted to be like it. I didn't want money. I, I wanted like I wanted a purpose. I wanted to do something. Okay, I didn't want to be at home reading right all day. <laughs> and I didn't want to be studying all day. Yeah. Because I'm sick of that. It's not fun. Yeah. Not for me. Yeah. Okay. And I started to realise that when I was doing that, I was doing that to overcome something, whereas when I'm doing this is because I want to. Yeah. Okay? So I managed to get a job there and it imagine it being a straight line, so you've got a long main road. Mm. You've got the barbers and the school roughly two miles apart and my house being near enough the centre. Okay. So it's perfect for me. Mm. I go to school, I finish school, you go home. I go to the barbers. Oh, you go to the barbers. Forget home now. We're not wasting time and I get to that in a minute. Mm. That's a very interesting question. Yeah. I go to the barbers and you know I, I go three days, four days, or go two days, or one day, it didn't matter. Yeah. I didn't have a shift, I go there when I can. The guy ended up obviously noticing, because I, I never complained. Like, I walk there, I'm okay, even if I'm tired, you know, it could be a 45 minute walk, and I would depend on whether I stop, see the lads or anything like that. But it, it didn't matter to me. Yeah. Okay? I'm having fun. But then the, the guy said to me, go, look, how much does a bus pass cost, a weekly one? And told him how much it was, pulled the money out of his pocket, gave me the cash. All right, stop walking, mm. you get a bus. Yeah. That meant I could attend even more. So I carried on going, carried on going. But then it became a bit more harder, like my parents wanted me to stay at home a bit more, focus on my studies. But one thing that they never stopped me from doing is activities um, like sports. Yeah. Because they obviously understood how important it is for you to have a good balance. Yeah. Well rounded. Yeah. At the time I did used to do a bit of boxing. Okay. But I never sort of had the dream of becoming a boxer. It was always there in the back of my head. When you're a kid, you want to be a footballer, you want to be mm. But I knew it was never going to happen. Like, <laughs> that, that was it. it. It didn't sit there for too long. Yeah. But what I did was, I thought, if I tell them that I'm doing boxing, yes. I'm doing one of them activ activities, and they won't question where I'm free class at the house, basically. Exactly. Yeah. And, I shouldn't even be saying this right now, but yeah, just carried on doing it. You know, I just it worked it, it, in my head at the time. I'm lying, and I'm not. I'm not justifying lying, and I'm not encouraging anyone to lie. But at the time, I'm a kid. I was gonna make mistakes anyway. I was gonna make stupid mistakes. I was gonna make it's not choices. But this was my defense mechanism. This is. 
in my head, this is how I was going to come out of this state of mind that I was in that I wasn't too happy about and enter a new one, yeah. which I felt I was entitled to. Mm. Yeah. Bear in mind, I didn't have someone older than me that could give me advice that was experienced in this country and experienced where I come from. Yeah. yeah. So that there's like a there's almost like a mutual understanding. Yeah. Because someone will either give you advice based on the UK or one of back home. Yeah. And you can't have one or the other. It has to be a balance because while I expect to do certain things my way, I have to appreciate and respect my parents and there has to be a compromise yeah. from both sides. Mm -hmm. But then I do want to disappoint them so I you know I, I tried my best when it came to school, I tried my best when it came to college. But at the same time, before I knew it, like I am so deep into this new career that I've started at a young age. Yeah. Like initially when I started doing it, it was just cutting hair. But then I started noticing things like people were coming in and they'll go to, let's say, that barbers for the beard threading and a simple haircut, but some people will go to, let's say, a, a black barbers to get a fade because black barbers were known to be the best at fading yeah. and, you know, clipper cuts. And then um, through online, I've seen that, you know, English barbers were much more skilled when it came to scissor cuts and you know, styling, and then you had the Middle Eastern barbers and Turkish barbers that were good with shades, and even though you get some that are in between or some that were mm. well-rounded, but overall, that was the structure yeah. of yeah. the industry. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. Hold on a minute. Your skill isn't down to where you come from. Yeah. Black barbers are very good at fading because they only fade their hair, they don't have a scissor cut. Yeah. White are the same, they, 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 they have longer hair, they style their hair, straight hair, that's why they're good. But why can't I learn Those all three yeah. or all of them and become, you know, someone that can cater for all? Yeah. All aspects of me and women. Yeah, okay. And then this is where, right, this is my weakness. I need to learn threading, I need to learn shaving, I need to learn this, I need to learn that. And over time, I became better and better. Now I started to notice, even though all the barbers have had their regulars, like the guy who taught me to cry at the time, he's been a barber for 14 years. Yeah. yeah. So, just when I was born. <laughs> Literally, I was gonna say that's, okay. that's your age. And all of us, like uh, within, a year and a bit, I was busy. Like my chair was equally as busy as him. I wasn't as good as him, okay, but I was equally as busy. And that was because 
different people coming, we're having a good time, having a good laugh, conversations, making friends and all these things put together. At that point, I knew for sure that I wasn't going to leave this. Yeah. Like, even if I found something that can replace it financially, mm. that was going to stay, whether it's in a basement of a mansion that I get one day or whether it's one a day in the shop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. That was established. Mm. But then, what wasn't established is making my parents understand it because my parents would accept anything as long as they understand it as long as it makes sense yeah, yeah. For, for me okay and you know i did explain it to them and for them it wasn't a secure job for many reasons you know you're self-employed um you you don't get as many benefits as if you go to university get your education Get, get you know get your degree. Like imagine that being really tough, especially like our traditional the keyword is traditional household, yeah. where it's like X Y Z. This is the set path. You get the job from finishing university, and you're set. And just, we we nervous about bringing up conversation with them. What did you just think? Oh yeah, what? yeah. Like, like, if I'm being totally honest, um, we uh, we've never really been the type to disagree with our parents and even if we did out of respect keep it to yourself mm-hmm. yeah you, know? you don't you don't say anything rebel in a way no no you don't rebel yeah. um, and I'm not complaining about that mm. and I wouldn't change that but when I was well, going back you asked me was I nervous I wasn't nervous but what I want to clarify is that even though I was going through this very, very um, tough experience and I was in a very tough position, it wasn't my parents' fault yeah. and it wasn't my parents' problem. It was a challenge that I had in life, just like every single one of you and the people that are listening have had either a similar challenge or a different challenge. Yeah. We've all been challenged in one way or another. Yes. You know, sometimes it's family, sometimes religion. For, for me, it was family and m- my future mm. at the time. Yeah. But I did, you know, I, I got my GCSE results um, and I managed to get into college. Okay. B-Tech Science. Yeah. Which I don't know, sort anyone out there, but for me, it's like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's gonna struggle to get you got But you know, for, for me, it's like if I could honestly, like my intention at the time was it's a waste of time you going there. I could spend that time in a in a in a barber's, but in my head, if that could please my parents. I'll go. Yeah. I'll go. It's B Tech. You, you, and it's college. Like it's not exactly taking up all my yeah. time. Yeah. And it's you a job above. Right. Yeah. Right. I could. So I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. Okay. 
we also decided that we were gonna open a shop. Who? A bars. Who's we? Me and um, my family. Okay. Okay. Mm. And a barbershop. A barbershop. So you went from just to backpack a little bit. Their parents were not down too well. Yeah, yeah. To but, but it, it was actual financial investment. See, the the idea was that I'm working for someone. I've got X amount coming in a week. Yeah. I'm in college. Rather than sharing your your takings, you could do it yourself. And make Fair just as much. No plan. Straight away. If parents backing you, which is mm. a really nice thing to have. Exactly. So um, we did it, and it made things harder because being a barber isn't easy. Being a good barber isn't easy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Unless you didn't care about the client base. Yeah. You just cut in hair, charge them. Bye. Goodbye. You're in a high street in a city centre where you've got such a high volume of people. high volume of footfall and you don't care about returning customers because you always got this churn of in new customers. Mm. Yeah. But it was a land that in my case. We were in a residential area. Yeah. In Chido Hu. Yeah. Border of Bramall. Yeah. We opened a shop and I remember at the time like, you know, it was literally what they had and I had to even um, sell a phone that I had at the time to buy you know a few gels and stuff, yeah. a, a bit more equipment mm-hmm. and it went it, it went well for so long and it, it didn't after a while it just went downhill yeah I, I couldn't sustain it. I, it I had to manage the shop college and were you only yeah. a barber? I was on my own. Yeah. Okay. I was on my own. I did manage to get a few people, but the, the people I got weren't established, yeah. experienced barbers. Yeah. They were just apprentices that were prepared to do what I did when I started. When that went down, it really, really affected my. What do you mean went down? Business went bust? Yeah, it did go bust. As long as I was there, it was always going to stay afloat. Yeah. But it's not a business. That's true. It's not, it was just a sign. Chairs, mirrors, shelves, till. Mm. From face value, it looks like one, but it wasn't operating as one. Mm. Yeah. So it didn't make sense for anybody. Because okay. one thing cutting hair, but it's another running a business. That's, that's exactly my point. Mm. But that had to happen. Like, I feel like that had to happen. It's just... I was too young at the time. I was turning seventeen. Oh, yeah. I presumed you were way older. Yeah, no, I was turning seventeen. So I was kidding myself. Yeah. Even, even. I feel like in your head you were like, on one side you were like, "This is me. This is my thing. This is my goal." Yeah, I did. I jumped all over it, but. Mm. Now, if somebody came to me and they have only been cutting hair for two, three years and they suggested opening a shop, I'd speak them out of it. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not a good idea. Mm -hmm. Get a bit more experience experience on your belt. So, was it you that went to your parents with the idea of opening up the shop or did they approach you and say, listen, 
you know, we want to support you. No, no, they, they suggested it as an idea. So they didn't, they didn't tell me mm. that they were going to open a shop. They didn't, um, it was just a suggestion yeah. and I jumped. How exciting is that? Yeah, definitely. And then college, like co- college was the, the game changer. Mm. Like this is when I started having some serious issues because what happened when when I started going to the bars? Yeah, it started off me lying about boxing, but then it meant that I started to change as a person where I had two different lives one at work, one at home yeah and I had this vision and idea that I portrayed to my parents to keep them happy in my head and one of who I wanted to be moving forward Everything that I was doing was based around yeah. these two, what I'd like to call anchors. Okay, one is who I really wanted to be, and one is who I wanted them to think I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And the one who I thought is who they want me to be, like someone that wasn't going to disappoint them. And then it, it, in my head, I was saying, you can do it, you can do it. I didn't. I didn't think, I wasn't exactly like a mastermind where I was going to say, it was just go with the flow, whatever comes yeah. my way, so you get I'll deal with it, I'll deal with it, and just keep on figure it out as you go along basically. Yeah. With college, like they've had so many calls where my attendance were poor because I was truanting, I was going either, like, you know, I was leaving the college, I was going straight to the shop. I wasn't even like, I'll, go, I'll get dropped off to college and then go straight to the shop. Either get a bus there, get a taxi there. Yeah. But when it came to the end of college, my my dad had a lot of um, health problems, and it's you know it, a lot of it is hereditary. You know, the son from high blood pressure, uh, high cholesterol, heart problems, and my mum always told me that nothing would make your dad more happy than to see one of these go to university, get a degree. And that will put such a big smile on his face. Mm. I'm one of them, like, I don't know what you'd call it, but when I get told something like that, it will stick. Yeah. Some people go through one ear, goes out the other, or the feeling that they get is only, you know, it lasts for an hour Super or two. Mm. But with me, like, that's gonna stick. It was almost like it was inked, cool. and everything I was doing, like, I kept, you know, just replaying my voice in my head. And I thought, like, it happened around the time when I was supposed to tell them that, look, this ain't working. Mm. Like, I had to face it once and for all. This is not going to work. I'm not, I can't finish college. I'm not going to go to university. And even if I wanted to, I'm unable to. Yeah. I have to start all over again. Yeah. I'm not talking about college. I have to go way, way further back and pick myself up. Yeah. And again, again, I know a lot of people can relate. I know a lot of people feel the same, but they can't express themselves in that way. But they have a similar trouble. But I didn't. I thought, right, I need to continue this. 
The barber. Uh, I finally continued barbering, so... Uh, no, not the barbering. Finally to continue... Trying to get the, to the university. Okay. The, the degree, so... I... Decided the best thing to do is... I'm going to... Tell them that I'm going to university. And I'm going to buy myself time to become something. something successful so when I come back to them even though they're disappointed with the fact that I really didn't go to university or I failed university yeah. but then I became something yeah. and that will be whether you want to call it a compromise or whether it's something that will lift them back up that way, it was just it was just an idea yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll be honest, it just be like the, the further the further we went on and time was going like this, like, you know, it was so hard, I was doing it on my own. One thing led to another before you know it. It's the end of college, people have already got their finances and people have already got their student accommodation and here's me like <laughs> trying to be this mastermind of this lie. Yeah. And at that point, you know, my mum was so excited about university mm -hmm. and me going in and dream come true. Consider we've got, like, the, I've talked you through our journey. Yeah, especially the years. Long, long way, so I don't blame her. Mm. She was on the phone to all her friends and, you know, the talk. My son's in this university. At this, this point, you realise it's like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. more about university than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like at this point, you were so, like, oh my the, god. The, the day came when she went, look, everyone's, everyone's already in campus. Like, everyone's moved out. You're still here. I'm thinking, shit. Like, it was a diary for. What am I gonna do? Mm. I have never ever inquired about a property, never mind got a property. Yeah. So I had to just move to Bradford. There's something like I had I sat there for about nine hours forging in Newcastle. Oh my god. Wow. The reason why it took that long wow. is I was doing it on paint. Like, yeah, but just to kind of stop you there, this this is all literally so he doesn't disappoint. Yeah, this is it's, I find this way crazy, crazy interesting. You've gone to so much mm. length to not disappoint your mom and your dad's dream. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, continue. You, you, you only you only get one of them. You know, regardless of whether you agree or disagree with any part of your life when it comes to your upbringing when you only get one of them like when they've been nothing but there for you and the way they moved us from the place we were at mm. and even though I didn't you appreciate the situation I was in when it comes to you know career choice or fulfilling my education or whatever you want to call it I, even though I didn't agree with it at the same time the respect was there mm. of course I was, I still appreciate it because they didn't want me to do it for the wrong reasons. Mm. They had good intentions. They had good intentions well. behind yeah, it, so you can't fault them. Yeah. And I couldn't either. Mm. But then I moved out and I couldn't open a shop and then rent a place. It's not going to work. So I went there and I luckily found a shop 
with a basement. Okay. And it was a private landlord. Yeah. Meaning no reference would need it. Just a bare minimum. When you go through an agency, you have to go through so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, there's no way I could qualify for one of them. So that's what I did. I got a shop, round of from the university. I mean, I could work, but I don't have to have a separate rent for my accommodation. It just meant it was easier to manage. And honestly, like, you know, when you, <laughs> when you think about it, it's one thing, and when you actually do it and you execute it, it's, it's hell. Yeah, that's when it's all the challenges come up you've never even thought about. Like, I made so many errors, you know, like, initially I couldn't afford the rent. Um, you know, my, my parents at the time needed a bit of money, so because my rent was paid for and I was getting money from coming in, from the student loan, yeah. Student loan, I'm transferring money wow. by borrowing money. Yeah. And it's one thing tied to another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it, it becomes impossible and no matter what I do, no matter what I do, yeah, the options that you pick is one out of the three messed up options. Yeah. There is no right option. Mm. And there is no perfect scenario anymore. We're way past that. Yeah. Man, I can feel the pressure on you on what how old are you? 18? I can feel the pressure on you. How old yeah, I was around, you know, 18. You put sort of all these eggs in one basket and it was in a way make make or break. You had you had no other option I, I, to make I, this work. For the first time it started to outweigh the barbering, cutting hair, mm. the career, the these ideas that I had in my head. But you know, the one thing that kept me going at the time is I had a motorbike. Yeah. I love my motorbike. <laughs> and Trust you know, as silly as it sounds, you know, sometimes going on a ride or two messing about, it was good enough to take me away from that state of mind, even if it meant for twenty minutes, half an hour. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But then it got it got it got very difficult because it got to a point where I'm I'm literally having noodles every day. I'm having instant noodles, I can't afford proper food, I can't cook, and who the hell do you turn to? So how, how were you kind of generating money then? I, I was cutting hair okay. upstairs. Okay. So imagine this shop and there was a basement downstairs where I sleep at night on a mattress on the floor. And then you just go upstairs? Go upstairs, oh, cut hair, at the end of the day, put the shutters down, and I'm prison downstairs, there was no other entrance, the shutters mm. that were open down, that was my front door. And this whole time your parents are thinking that you're in Bradford studying. I'm in Bradford, I'm studying, and everything's going well. Did, did your brother know? They suspect it. My brothers didn't know, no, because I didn't want to put them through it. Mm. When they know, that means they have to put up with the lies. Mm. Yeah. I wanted to keep them out of it. And when it, when it, when it was happening, like, at the time, it was... Honestly, the most, one of the most difficult things that I ever had to go through, like, I'm only realising how big it was now, just go back, you know, go down memory lane and put myself through it. Yeah. I'm actually proud of myself that I managed to overcome such a low point in my life where I was tested in every single way. Like, you know, when you go through something like that, it really tests your integrity in you. You know what you're capable of. And your mental strength. Your mental strength. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, even though so much happened, but I don't want to 
sort of focus too much on that because everything else that happened is sort of expected given the given the circumstances of what was going on. Yeah. So fast forward it. My parents did obviously find out through, you know, friends of the community, where people talk, someone goes to that uni, this guy will say that like, I've never seen him. Then. How long into it was this? This was they found out. Like second year into it. Okay. Yeah, so okay. I, well, I lasted. Okay. Yeah, I lasted. Yeah. It lasted a while. I lasted a while, and when they when I found out, it's like the the person who told the the person who initially like said that I don't go there knew my situation. Yeah. And I have spoke to him and expressed to him, and you know they the similar age. So they were very, very understanding from a similar background. So I ex- expressed the importance of keeping it, you know, secret and that my intentions were pure and it was in my parents' best interest, what I was doing. And it still came out. How's your parents react? Do you know what? They didn't react how I thought they'd react. Like in my head, I thought they'd be so angry. Mm. Not, could, not simply because I didn't go to university, but the extent I went through yeah. to hide it from them. But they weren't. Like, they were so respectful at the time that they didn't even speak to me about it. Did that kind of shock you a bit? Mm-hmm. It was just like, I, okay. I was that shocked, like, it's just, for me, I, I know that they don't know what I did and why I did it. I know that for sure, because- Well, they don't know. No, they don't know why I did it. Okay. Right? I, I know that. But the fact that they didn't Question. try and seek closure, and as a parent, you want to know all these little details. You do, right? Mm. You, you, you messed them up before, and your parents will sit you down and they'll try and work out you know, where you went wrong, and yeah, okay. they know how to avoid it happening in the future. But that didn't happen because it's like they, they knew how much it affected me and they didn't want to add to it. Mm. But then I decided to, you know, stay in Leeds for a bit, which is around the corner from Bradford's 15 minute drive, before coming back to Manchester. I didn't want to move back in straight away because I, f- I lost who I was, or who I was becoming. And at that point, I just felt like for, for, for a short while, I don't want to move. When I say I don't want to move, I don't mean physically, I mean mentally. I'm not ready to move forward. I'm still at a point in my life where I'm not ready to leave it. Yeah. And that was that, that, that state of mind that I was in, what I was going through, what I was experiencing. Everything that I did building up to it was going to lead to a great cause. Yeah, okay. Okay? So taking them building blocks. And when it got thrown out the window, I, I just, it, it was in a case I was going to pack all my bags, go back home. Where stop? And tell myself it failed. <laughs> Bad luck next time. It, was, it wasn't one of them. But then I, I continued cutting hair. Um, I met some amazing, amazing people. Like, people that, um, 
that are here to this day. People that will always be there. And you know, they, they supported me just like, you know, family. And over time, it just became a lot more easier to, to get over that and now accept that, you know what? I can start cutting hair, I can do what I want. And I, I continued, I continued working. So let's kind of get to the timeline of you cut and now you have your own shop. What was that transition for you to get to a shop where I am now. Where you are, current Kareem. I'm 25 years old now. At the time, I'm turning 26 soon, at the time, when I was in Leeds, I was around the age of 20. Yeah. So it's been about five years. In them five years, I've moved around from one shop to another, um, I've made moves to sort of like, I've had different opportunities, taken opportunities. It was either a failed business venture or the opportunity didn't seem as good as it did from face value or um, had times where I was in a, a partnership that went wrong. But what I went through in the past five years, it was just a case of, like yourself, like yourself, like everyone else, trial and error, you try different things, you try different avenues, some work, some don't. You learn as you And learn. this now, where we are, is as a result of what I've been doing and, you know, the mistakes that I've made, the wrong decisions that I took. And it's just, how, how do I become a better version yeah. of me? You know, there's a flawed version that I've seen and there's a better version and every time that flawed version comes out, which it does at times, it's how do I sort of put that behind me again and turn to this bit, bit because, you know, my little brother had a conversation with me very recently and he was just expressing himself, he was feeling a bit low and he just turned to me and he just, you know, burst out into tears and he said something to me that literally like struck me because he made me understand how I feel by expressing himself and what he said to me goes you know some people they they think they're two-faced right and they think it's a problem he goes I feel like I've got 50 different faces you know I don't know which one to choose at what given time yeah. what he meant was he doesn't know who he needs to be because we're always having to become someone at a given time or a given place, it can just be you. Yeah, if people don't accept it, they don't accept mm, it. Yeah. And this, is, I feel like this shop is a prime example of reflection of you finally being you. Mm -hmm. You know, you stop dwelling on what you didn't have. Yeah. And appreciate what you do have. Yeah. You know, if you, if you come from poverty, other people come from poverty. If you come from a broken home, other people come from a broken home. Like, accept accept the situation you're in and try your best to deal with it. I'm not I'm not numbing it down. I'm not being insensitive. I mean, the for me, the important of this podcast was for people to come and express themselves. Don't be real. See, your 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 journey 
your vision, your experience, and all of you has the power to help someone else. Yeah. But you have to accept that first. Exactly. And you have to have confidence in, 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 your, in your story, in, in yourself, when you're expressing yourself. Don't let people undermine you. Don't let people... Your story is special. It's, it's, it's having that mindset. I think, like you said, that journey from when you were in college to getting to the point you are now, that journey is what taught you about... Going through you know, trials and tribulations, yeah, teaches you sometimes how you react and deal with different situations. And I felt like, especially in your story today, that was a result of everything you've been through. It was from how you deal with all your clients because of how you've interacted in school with people. How you know how you... Uh, like we'll, we'll, do, we'll do another podcast We'll do a part two. But generally, I feel like this story of you shows a kid, firstly, who's focused, man. Mm. He knows his dream. He gets thumbs like, man, come on, the dedication to go and live in a basement. Of course. Just number one, because his morals are so intact that he doesn't want to disappoint his parents or something that he doesn't even know if it will disappoint them. Just because of that idea. But secondly, it's to keep going and following and pursuing yeah, his dream. definitely. I think that's one, one thing that I think myself and a lot of other viewers will take away from your stories that no matter, like sometimes you don't have a blueprint for how things are meant to happen. You learn as you go along, but as long as you have that belief in whatever it is. In yourself. Yeah, well. In yourself. And that's it, the best way to put it. Then, yeah, you know, totally. just go for it because sometimes you won't, you won't have the answers, but yeah. it will come apparent to you. You just gotta keep going. But just to kind of go stop in and say one thing is, as a creator myself, it's very easy to get, to listen to people's voices mm -hmm. and listen and let that deter you from following your thing. And mm -hmm. I commend Kareem for not letting it stop him. He had he was so focused on that idea, which is mm. for me amazing to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. <laughs> Listen. Thank you, man. Like if you had one piece of advice, alright, before we kinda of finish this off, what would you say to a young Kareem kind of starting in this I in this world? I don't feel like I'm in a position to give any advice to me. Yeah, any advice is... Not to give any advice. It's like, if you're going through hardship or any sort of trials and tribulation, while it might be impossible and it's you don't have anyone to turn to, trust the process and when you come out of it, I guarantee you 100% you will laugh at the situation you were in. You will reflect and, on And it. you'll just, you'll reflect on it. Mm. And you'll become a better you, as long as you just have that mindset. Mm. And you have a story to tell. Like you here today, man. This guy's story has so much to it. That I feel like we need a part two. <laughs> it's that sort of, you know, the old saying, the reward isn't necessarily in the destination, but it's more in the journey. And exactly. you, you, my friend, you had a, you know, a journey. journey. What a journey. And uh, we'll kind of dive more into that journey as so we kind of, Keep going with the Simply Complex podcast. But shout out Kareem, shout out Madge. It's been Simply Complex. Thank you for listening and on to the next episode. And shout out to all the viewers that have been listening. Exactly. <laughs> shout out you because it's a long podcast. Go. Both. Shout out you. Well done. Smash it. Well done. Much better.